0: Welcome to episode 127 of the X Files retrospective podcast released through Bureau 42. I'm your host, Blaine Dowler. This week we're doing our general season five wrap up. So, season five was only 20 episodes leading into the first film. It was both a critical and commercial success. Critically speaking, it was nominated for three Golden Globe Awards, it won for Best Series, and was nominated for. Best Lead Actor with David Duchovny and Best Lead Actress with Gillian Anderson. For the Emmys, it won Best Art Direction for Postmodern Prometheus and Single Camera Editing for Kill Switch. It was nominated for Cinematography for Postmodern Prometheus, Directing for Postmodern Prometheus, Editing for Mind's Eye, Editing for Postmodern Prometheus, Makeup for Postmodern Prometheus, Music for Postmodern Prometheus, Lead Actor for David Duchovny, Lead Actress for Gillian Anderson, Guest Actress for Veronica Cartwright as Cassandra Spenger in Patient X and the Red and the Black, Guest Actress for Lily Taylor as Marty Glenn in Mind's Eye, Best Drama Series, Best Sound Editing in the Red and the Black, Best Sound Mixing in the Red and the Black, and Best Writing for the Postmodern Prometheus. So a lot of nominations, particularly for the Postmodern Prometheus. Now, recapping the episodes, it kicked off with a two-parter in Redux and Redux 2, in which Mulder was convinced that he'd become the victim of a conspiracy and that there were no alien threats. It was all the doing of the government to begin with, including the apparent death of the cigarette smoking man. This was followed by The Unusual Suspects, which tells the story of how the lone gunman met Mulder and each other, then Detour, where a team-building exercise goes wrong with some pretty hostile vegetation. We follow that with the postmodern Prometheus, which is the Frankenstein homage in Black and White that received so many Emmy nominations. We then have the Christmas Carol Emily two-parter, in which Scully learns the extent to which she was violated during her abduction, including about the existence of her biological daughter. Kitsunegari brought Pusher back and brought his sister along with him. Schizogyny, Focused on a teen who was seemingly able to control vegetation, some more hostile plants, although his psychiatrist had a lot to do with that one. This was followed by Chinga, as a result of the connections David Acovney made doing his celebrity Jeopardy. He ended up bringing in Stephen King as a writer on this Scully centric episode. Kill Switch had William Gibson come in as a guest writer, which was an episode about uploading consciousness into the net and a constructed intelligence that already lives there. Then we had Bad Blood, which was a new kind of vampire episode, highly comedic with Shades of Rashomon involved. The Patient X and the Red and the Black two-parter introduced Cassandra and Jeffrey Spender, and we learned that resistance was far from futile because rebel aliens were out there and working against the overall conspiracy. Followed that with Travelers, a Mulder-centric episode which even then had very light Mulder in it. It was more about Darren McGavin as the older version of an agent who previously worked on the X-Files with flashbacks to a younger version of himself. Mind's Eye was about a blind woman who can see through the eyes of a killer and ends up being arrested and suspected of committing his crimes. All Souls had Scully finally dealing with the loss of Emily in another Christian faith-based episode. The Pine Bluff variant had Mulder working undercover within an anti government group and learning that they may actually be government funded after all. Folly Adieu was telemarketing gone very wrong with an insect that was able to take over and kill some of its hosts and dull the perceptions of those around him. And finally, we had The End introducing Diana Fowler and William Gibson in the last episode filmed in Vancouver. Now I said to go into more detail on the move to Vancouver this week, it's often reported as being entirely the work of David Duchovny and really his push. That's not true. The show was building in popularity, so Fox as a studio wanted to be more actively involved in its production. Now This came at a time when Canada's tax law changed, so filming in Vancouver was not as advantageous from a cost perspective as it had previously been. So Fox came to Chris Carter, and asked about moving the series to LA where they'd already filmed the movie as both cost management and increased control measures. Now Carter took that question to his two leads. Gillian Anderson was open to the idea, but I'm not sure which way she was leaning. But the recently married David Duchovny was very excited by the prospect of working in the same city as his wife, so he could actually go home to the woman he loved every night rather than just kind of hoping to see her for a couple of hours on weekends. He also made an offhand comment on a talk show about how he preferred LA's weather to Vancouver's near-constant rain that was blown far out of proportion. So ultimately, the move from Vancouver to LA wasn't Duchovny's idea, but when he learned it was a possibility, he did lobby hard for it, just like I would expect virtually any recently married human being would. I don't see how any reasonable human being can hold that against him. I mean, he just got married to Te Leoni a few months earlier and was still filming in Vancouver, you know, hundreds of miles or kilometers away for five or six days a week. It's a strain on any marriage and that one in particular. So when you have the chance to actually be with the woman you've chosen to be with the rest of your life, again, I don't think that's his issue whatsoever. But that's about it for season five. So join us again next week when we take a detailed look at the first X-Files movie. Thank you for listening.